0: Welcome to Bacidamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Henning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, we have a special guest with us, Chardy Barfield, and she is the director of the UNI speech team. She teaches a variety of courses in the Department of Communication and Media, including group communication and public speaking. Sade, is there anything else you'd like to share about yourself? Yes, I am a
1: level 39 Pokemon Go trainer. I'm a Virgo,
0: uh, and I, I just love to have a good time. <laughs>
1: Yay. Wow.
0: That's awesome. We are in the presence of a Pokemon <laughs> Go expert. So Greatness. Um, it is an honor to have you with us today. Um, so, Sharday, I know that you're you're new to the brand Bachelor franchise, right? Yes, I've
1: recently immigrated to Bachelor Nation.
0: <laughs> Welcome. Um, I know a couple of uh, months ago, I saw a post. Uh, you said that you wanted to give the bachelor watch, but you didn't want to waste your time. So you wanted to know which season had the most handsome bachelor, you know, you know, was there a sickly John Snow or a, a weapon X Wolverine said Channing Tatum Tanning. So, um, I think that Channing Tatum, sorry, reverse that. Okay, fine. I mean, you don't, you don't have to say his name, right. You can just admire,
2: right. Yeah.
0: Um, so how would you describe Claire? and and the men on claire's season you got any good comparisons for us here uh well i've been seeing a lot of
1: before i ever watched this season the bachelor i've been seeing all of the commercials which make her look absolutely unhinged and so my immediately my immediate thought was like who is this woman and how do i get to know her because usually it's just like a lady who respects herself they're like she's out of control um and so I was curious to see how she would be. And she seems like self-possessed, but just like deeply sad. And I was not ready for that. Um, over the summer, I read uh, Glennon Doyle's Untamed. Mm-hmm. And that's just about how pe- So much of the, so many terrible things are happening in the world because of the way that people relate or connect to themselves. They're so desperate for love, and that was like what I got from Claire. Where I'm like, oh, I'm sure like you're you hey, professionally, you're really great, but I feel like interpersonally, there's been some serious damage done. Like you you look at her and you're like, oh, someone has definitely like an ax has stolen your social security number. Like that has for sure happened to you. <laughs>
0: yeah so uh my husband Ryan he just catches glances of it and he's like Danielle I just you know is she well you know and I was like Ryan like you're married to me no one's like hey Danielle she's really normal you know so I was like I was like she she has potential Ryan. (laughs) you know So, so each week we like to have, like, I say this, like we've been doing it for years. Hey, we're, this is
2: episode four. We're freaking pros. Uh, We're basically the Claire's of, uh, of podcasting. Now we're old. God knows if people aren't listening now, we're done.
0: You bet. You bet. I don't really believe
2: that by the way, before we get hate mail, (laughs) I don't believe that Claire's old.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we have like a, a weekly question and this week is, um, any, any good blind date stories?
1: Um, yes. So there was like a brief period, um, when I was finishing undergrad and then the beginning of grad school where I decided I'm like, Oh, I've never really dated. And so that's something I should do. Like that should be like, I thought of it as like a a resume line item thing. I'm like, (laughs) if I'm going to have a relationship in the future, I should probably try this out. Um, Hated it. (laughs) It was just really weird and awful. And one of the worst dates, uh, I'm a nice young man from uh, Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, We went to a movie, uh, which was a, a terrible movie uh and
2: what movie
1: it was like transylvania or something to that effect it was like a, a cartoon or comedy oh so i'm like i thought that would be fun we went to the crossroads theater in waterloo that has like love seats yes um which i was unprepared for uh and so like we We get into the theater and he's like oh let's go sit in the back and I'm like okay whatever and then it was like love seats I'm like this is intimate I was not prepared Um, and then after the movie I think we went back to my place we were watching like Mythbusters but I really just wanted him to leave and uh, he did not want to leave so I was just like "Uh, actually I'm meeting friends later Uh, you gotta go (laughs) and so then I just like I had to like leave my home to end the date uh so yeah that was probably a bad the worst blind date.
0: Yeah most dates that end with mythbusters aren't like headed anywhere good.
2: But then once you're married that's like a pretty good night. It's like we <laughs> oh, got yeah. home, we laid in bed, we watched mythbusters. It's beautiful. <laughs>
0: How about you, Bill? Any,
2: any off, I think we've all had that experience where we have like been on a date and you've been somewhere and you're trying to hint that it's like not going well. Like you're in a spot where you can't leave. They need to go and they're just not getting the hint. And I would say if you've never been in that position, you were probably on the other side of that position and you weren't catching the hints. Uh, When I lived in Ireland, uh, I went on a blind date with a girl. And I'll make this as PG as possible because my mom listens to this. Hi, mom. And um, we went out and we went we had drinks and I was like, oh, she seems nice. And, you know, we're we're uh, we went to a a dance club. She wanted to dance. And at some point she got drunk enough that she like went in to kiss me and then she bit my neck. And I'm not like not like a like like nibble, like a full on vampire. I'm going to take your soul out of the side of your neck. (laughs) And I just left like, and I was too drunk to drive and I was in Ireland. So I didn't have a driver's license anyways. So I just kind of stumbled back to my apartment and woke up. And I still am not sure, like, because I don't have anyone to confirm how bad the bite was, but I still wake up sometimes and like, did I really get bit that hard? But I did have bruises on my neck from it. So (laughs) if you're wondering what kinks I have, that is not one. I do not want you to try to sever my artery in my neck oh jugular that's the you
0: thing. you might feel different if you read some of the vampire novels that oh. i am into um, <laughs> no, i'm just joking um you know i was trying to think about this i don't know if i've ever gone on a blind date
2: i don't know if you're ever going to top the story from last week about the box
0: no, I mean I have a really bad date story. Um long story short, um he left me at Perkins and I had to call my friends to come pick me up.
2: Did he like actively leave you? Was he like I'm out or was it like I have to go get something in my car and you're No, okay. I?
0: So, uh it was someone that I was taking a class with. And, you know, he kind of asked me out after class one time and I'm like, sure. And um, took me to Perkins and, um, which is fine. I like breakfast for dinner. Um, But so I was, um, I was raised Mormon, uh, which makes me a bit of an anomaly. How do you say that word? In Iowa. Um, But so. As we were at dinner, we had started dinner after um, I went to this thing. It's called seminary, but it was like a Bible study right before. And he was like asking me, you know, about it. And I told him that I was Mormon and he told me I was going to hell. And then he left <laughs> and I called my friend and I got a ride home. Wow. And class was a little awkward after that. Um, so college was a little rough when it came to (laughs) dating. um yeah so you know but no no blind dates i i mean i i sort of knew i'm going in
2: you thought you knew him (laughs) i thought i knew him i thought i knew him wow
0: yeah it was a bummer he's kind of handsome um uh clearly a jerk but uh yeah so If y'all had to describe this week's episode in one word, how would you describe it?
1: Vulnerable. Hmm,
0: That's good.
2: Blow up. Explosion. Something like that.
0: I don't. Now I just have your words in my head and I can't think of anything. Um... Mm, milestones. Mm. That would be, I think a lot of milestones from that. So, um, yeah, so this episode really came in swinging, you know, immediately, I was, I, I was kind of surprised, I didn't know that we were going to get up, get to the blow up line. So early in the episode, but so immediately, Claire's in the hot seat with Chris Harrison. He's like all out of breath. Like, what? What was he running from? I like,
2: yeah, that I said that to Elaine. I was like, is he that out of shape? And he was like, I gotta, sorry, about I mean, I, move I was this chair.
0: I was like, things must have been wild on yeah. the Bachelorette side because Chris Harrison was hustling, and and then he cursed. Um. So so was the blow up. As dramatic as you all expected, given the lead up that we are getting, you know, in all the promos and stuff.
2: Um, yeah, I think it was pretty dramatic. I think some of the problem was that everybody knew kind of what was going to happen. And so that took away some of the drama. But the fact that basically she was just like, I'm done. And he was like, OK. And then they just kind of pivoted. I thought that was pretty dramatic.
0: How about you, Charday? As not an as a new Bachelorette watcher, were you stunned? Uh,
1: well, that was the thing where I'm like, I'm guessing this isn't normal, but I don't know, 2020, nothing can shock me anymore. Like the world is bananas right now.
2: That is true. It was this. It's the season 2020 needed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was, like, surprised, because I'm like, well, I don't understand,
2: like, how long have they
1: actually been there? So it's like, if this has happened within a month, I guess you could know, like, in a couple of weeks.
2: No, I think it's, like, six days, maybe. (laughs) We were trying to, I was trying to add it up last night, and I'm like, it's got to only be max a week that this has gone down in.
1: Okay, in that case, yeah, six days, why even have the season? Um, but at the same time, if the function of the show is for her to find love, I can't be mad or disappointed in that because really that is like the outrage. You did this out of order. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. He got to (laughs) chill.
0: So let's talk about this moment that Chris Harrison comes in and tells the guys that there's not going to be a cocktail party and then pulls Dale aside. What were y'all thinking?
1: uh well i was surprised that the like the disappointment makes sense that the guys were like there's no cocktail party but that was also very like debutante ball to me that a bunch of adults were just like there's no cocktail party how dare (laughs) like
2: really um connie last week's guest sent me an email and was like you realize dale had no idea that he was just going on like he was going on this like basically make or break he thought it was just a like a one night kind of hey we're gonna take you out and so I thought it was kind of interesting that they uh like he thought it was just a single person date right like a what do I want to say an individual date yeah I don't think he understood like the gravity of the situation and like I thought a little bit I felt bad for the guys because like so essentially I guess what it so her and Dale go out. Let's say it doesn't work. She says, I love you. And Dale's like, and I think you are interesting. <laughs> right? And then, like, so does she come back? Like, I think they were trying to see if, like, should we let the guys go while they were on the phone with Taisha? Like, hey, stand by. Stand by.
0: Well, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like one of the things that made the show so tense for me as a watcher was actually that we had more knowledge of what was going on as viewers than the people in the show. Right. We kind of had this omniscient, how do you say omniscient, sorry, view where like we could see that, oh no, like they're going to do something like Dale's go about to do something serious and Dale don't know yet, you know? And so I think that part of what made me anxious is I was like, Oh gosh, you know, Dale's going to have to propose. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. So let's talk about the dinner date then.
2: I will say, I feel like the, um the election being drug out for, a year or however long it's been going on like led to my anxiety too. It's like I just I'm at the point where it's like I can't take any more surprises. <laughs> it's like then I was watching that and I was like, oh God Dale. That's yeah they're yeah. I
1: what think I I, oh god. What's that Sade sorry I was gonna say when I realized the episodes were an hour and 25 minutes long, I'm like, how do y'all do this every week? This is exhausting. <laughs>
0: We have priorities. I mean, um, yeah. it's important, important work. So, yeah, yeah. So their dinner date. Yeah. One, her dress was stunning. Um, that red dress. Wow. Um, but so, what do you think about their conversation?
2: So I, I can. I'll start. Um. So I. I think. They were, so I was trying to think at this point, they're on what, like their fourth date, like maybe we'll say this is their fourth date. Um, I felt like they're getting a little more appropriate with how much they're disclosing. However, they've only seen each other for a grand total of like six or seven hours, maybe, because it's not like, like I've had friends who have met somebody and they've spent like five days nonstop with them. And then they were like, you know, I think this might be the person I'm going to marry. And it's like, well, you can probably get a sense. But they also didn't propose to him the next day. It's like they had five or six more months that they were together or whatever. Um, I feel like they're going through the milestones really quick in the disclosure. I also thought it was interesting that she's telling him these very deep things about her family. And he's like, what are your parents' names again? (laughs) Like like he clearly hadn't. Yeah. So it's a little bit out of order, but they both seem kind of into it so
1: I didn't trust Dale because there was a lot of like mirroring and his details that then matched hers like the hitchhiking thing from like you believe Are it? your parents the even the same age that like were people still hitchhiking in like the 80s
0: <laughs> I think that a lot of you know Connie in her email to us you know, she was pretty suspicious of this hitchhiking story too. So, you know, I do think that, you know, people are like, what, what's the probability that, that both of your parents hitchhiked?
2: Yeah. I don't know.
0: I, maybe it's just fate, you know? So,
2: so there is some research that people are, you know, they tell fibs when they first meet, Um, and then it kind of comes out in the wash and, you know, after you really get to like somebody, they'll be like, well, you told me this is like, yeah, well, I just really wanted to impress you. And then it kind of becomes a sweet story. I think the problem is that they're recorded. And so it looks a lot worse, you know, or like you think about, um, think of a food that your spouse or significant other loves and you really don't like it. But for the first, like two years of your relationship, you're like, no, I love olives on my pizza. And then you just kind of picked them off. And then one day you were finally like, I can't take this shit no more. I don't like olives. I'm not getting them on my half, like stuff like that. I think happens all the time. The problem is it's not recorded. And
0: I'm like, so curious. Now I'm like trying to think about my own relationship and I'm like, like what are what are my olives you know uh we'll have to dig deep into that this weekend ryan and i Um, are like tv
2: shows i feel like people fake like they like a sport or they like a tv show and then it's like they hit a point where they realize the person's not leaving just because they don't like their tv show and they're like i'm out i'm not watching this i'm not watching the real housewives of atlanta anymore i'm done
1: Oh, that show's so, it, it's so good though. So <laughs> I mean,
2: that was probably a lane to me because that's the type of TV I like and she's not into some of that stuff, so.
0: So one of the questions that I had for Bill is like, they, they did spend a lot of time talking about their own parents' love stories. And I know that it's a common thing, for example, at wedding ceremonies to say how long, particularly if, the people that are getting married, both of their parents are are still married. They'll say, you know, like between the two of these people, they have 60 years of marriage, you know, under their belt. And, and so like one of my questions is, is how much does someone's parents' relationships impact the way that they think about relationships?
2: Yeah, so by and large, we learn our interaction patterns from our parents. Um, and so your parents have a pretty big impact on how you demonstrate love, how you think about love, what you define as love, um, and that's not to say that later on in your life you you don't get more experience and that can change and who you date and how they treat you and what other models you have. But for your first twelve years of your life, probably the majority of what you understand marriage and relationships to be is going to be modeled by who your caretakers are. So not just your parents. If if you live with your aunt and uncle or um, and so that, I mean, it does have a pretty big impact on you. Um, it's kind of the idea of like, if you build a house, um, it's really, and you want to change something with the house, it's very hard to just flatten the house and rebuild a new one. It's very expensive. You're more likely to add a room on, change the paint. And that's kind of, you know, you build it, but then you can change things.
0: It's an interesting metaphor. I just um, made that, that up. In my head. Oh, wow. Whew. And on a Friday afternoon, yeah, nevertheless. You're
2: some collagen straight from my brain.
0: Look at that. So, you know, Sardin, you're pretty skeptical at this point of Dale. What what do you think when when she says I love you and he says I'm falling in love with you?
1: Yeah, so it seems like he gets the gamification of this. I think he likes her but I don't think he was as all in as she was. And he didn't want to like mess things up. So he's just like, yes, this is fine.
2: (laughs) What do you think, Danielle? I feel like you're doing a lot of the question asking.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So like I kept bouncing back and forth with how I felt I was having a hard time reading Dale. Um, Sometimes I'm like, oh, I think that maybe he's just not as into her. But then I'm like, maybe he is just like nervous or maybe he's more introverted or laid back. Um, And so I was having a hard time reading it. Um, At this point, I think I was still, I think I was really concerned that he was just not as into her as, she was. But I do think that by the very end, I think that he might, I think that he might be there.
2: So do we want some extra credit? Sure. All right. Equitability in relationships. Uh, So this is kind of what we're talking about with the um, relationship. Is he into it as much as she is? And what we know from research is that People who are the happiest in their relationships have a similar level of equitability. So that means that I am giving as much as you get. So when I teach about this in class, there's that Michael Buble song where he says, "I'll promise that I'll give so much more than I get." Um, And I always remind students that that is not a good model for a relationship. So listen to your Michael Buble Christmas albums, but when it comes to love, don't listen to Michael Buble. He's (laughs) he's way off base you are best off being with somebody who puts in as much as you put in and they receive as much as you receive. Um, and so what makes us uncomfortable, and I think we all know that it's harder to see when you're in the relationship because you feel like you can make it, you know, you can, you can get the person to be equitable, but everyone on the outside kind of inherently understands that this might not be equitable. Um, and I think that's what we're saying. And, and I, I also, Danielle and I were texting back and forth about this last night. Um, I think he's into her. I just think everything he does comes off as like just very laid back and she's much less laid back. And so it's more of a, like the two of them are clashing and how they present that. Um, and that's a different kind of conversation, uh, you know, the kind of back to that love languages and, and what we talked about. Um, but one more side note, um, The best personality predictors in a happy relationship, if we're thinking about are these guys going to work out, neuroticism. So people who are lower in neuroticism, both of them, um, tend to be uh, happier. People who are higher in self-esteem. So you're really successful if you have two people who have high self-esteem because you have much less arguments. There's much less of this like, do you love me? You know, they kind of trust that their person loves them. Um, And then people who are happier than average to start which makes sense. Right. So,
0: so you got to take care of yourself.
2: You got to take it. care of yourself. Yeah. yeah. People don't like to be, they like to be emotional support. Uh, when people need them, they don't like to be the emotional soul keeper for the whole relationship all the time, every day.
0: That was some good extra credit bill.
2: Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>
0: So let's get back to the guys. We haven't talked about them in a little while. So these these poor guys, they all get swept away, right? And he's been gone all night. How would you feel if you were them?
2: <laughs> I, it depends. Go ahead, someone else go first. I feel like I'm talking the most. Okay,
1: well, again, new to Bachelor Nation they're fully aware like someone has to win in this like this and that's one thing that kind of i didn't And i guess we'll get into it later but just the entitlement of like well she's not giving me equal time you have to like earn that time she you don't she doesn't have to give it to you she likes someone more that's the goal of the show so intellectually i'd be like well i think this is how this works But I guess, like, I'd be a little, like, burned because it's like, I know what's happening. I know what's going on in that fantasy suite that somebody might be having sex with your wife.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that that would be, you know, for me, I don't know if I could ever do this show because I'm just too monogamous, I guess, like, I don't know if I could handle that. I don't think I could handle like someone else kissing on my person, let alone like fantasy sweeting with my person. And so I think that it would take a certain mindset to just like, walk into this situation to begin with. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think at this point, the guys kind of know. But like, some of them like, don't want to.
2: Yeah, yeah, Blake, Blake M and then, uh, Jason are, I just kind of want to be like, come on guys. Like you're, and and also if we're going to critique Claire for how quickly she fell in love with Dale, we have to critique those guys for how oddly they have bonded to her and like how bad this hit. Like they've had three hours of dates with her maybe. And she, by their admission, has shown them very little interest. Like, so at some point, they're just not getting the hints either, right? And they are becoming borderline stalkerish. In my Yeah.
0: Opinion. Possessive, I yeah. would say.
2: Well, they don't have a chance to stalk her, but guaranteed if this was real life, they'd be on Facebook, like talking to themselves at three in the morning with a cigarette and a beer and like, how's she talking to that guy? <laughs> I'm going to be friends with her friends so I can see the pictures.
0: Well, and I I mean, I do think that he, you know, like they know that they know that they've probably had sex. Yeah. Right. And so. I mean, he didn't come back. Right. And I mean, I do think that a lot of the confusion, though, is like you were saying, Sardé, it's like the show does have sort of some set rules and they haven't been following them. Right. So the fantasy suite's not supposed to happen for like another month, month and a half. Like there's supposed to be two other guys that maybe get to have a fantasy suite too. There's like, there are supposed to be one-on-ones and typically once somebody's had a one-on-one, they don't get another one. So it's like this weird space where you're like, you know, this is kind of a game, but like the rules are somewhere in between real life rules where right. it's like, no, this person likes you. And then the rules of the bachelor. Right.
2: So I had an interesting hypothetical in my mind about it. So what we know from research, and this is a generalization. So before people tell me, I'm, you know, I'm over general, I know this is a generalization, but if you look at the data, men tend to be much more affected by women physically cheating And women tend to be much more affected by men emotionally cheating or their partner emotionally cheating. Men tend to be more affected by their partner physically cheating. Um, And so I wonder if this had been The Bachelor, if there had been as much angst among female contestants um, around there. The Bachelor, you know, he didn't come home all night. If their concerns would be more like, you know, they're really bonding and. I have no idea if that if that's how it would work, but
0: yeah. Yeah. So like they have their fantasy suite evening, and then Chris Harrison <laughs> sits down with Claire and is like, next step, proposal. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, I really appreciate the the Bachelor franchise's commitment to this narrative, right? You know, like while Everything is wild because it's 2020. They're like, "Nope, like you all had your fantasy suite. The next thing that comes is the proposal. So we're, we're moving ahead with." We'll this.
2: break some rules, but gosh darn it, Neil Lane is going to get a freaking diamond here.
0: Yep, we're he going to blow. Die up. From,
2: he may die from COVID, but that diamond will be here.
0: Absolutely, we're going to blow up the Bachelor, but we're also going to need you to propose before yeah.
2: we and, do. I feel like she had a bit of a like panic moment realizing that like, Oh, this is moving quickly. And I wonder if Dale had that moment. And at this point, he's like, it's just easier to go along with it and maybe it works out, but research would suggest you do not do well if you feel forced into an engagement, because then there's feelings of resentment that underlie the engagement and it becomes easy to blame maybe issues that every engaged couple has um, it's easy to put that blame on the people, you know, on, on the feeling that you're forced into an engagement.
1: What do you think, Shoday? Um, when Claire and Dale were laying in bed after their night in the fantasy suite and she's trying to like, you know, de- DTR uh, or uh, define the relationship. Yes. And the look on his face, is just smacks of PCC post-poidal clarity where he's like oh no um
2: i've done a horrible thing
1: <laughs> yes he's like i can't undo this and i think there he kind of decided like okay this is this is fine i guess and i think from that point forward he's like okay i'm just gonna commit write it out yeah but his face when she's talking like what are we like what is this
0: and he's just like oh my god PCC, I'm going to use that again. I I don't know when, but like, I'll use that again. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, I didn't, you know, one thing that I kept thinking about too is like, was Claire just like, hey, he's who I really like. I'm kind of am done with this process. But also like, oh, oh, that means that we have to get married now. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know that. Yes making one choice necessarily meant that you knew that you're going to have to make the other.
2: Yeah. I felt uncomfortable for him. I wondered if he was kind of like, Oh, I didn't realize this was the, yeah.
0: Oh, I was sweating. Yeah. You know? So then she has to break up with the guys and this (laughs) is always like really weird to me because sometimes I'm like, you know, the bachelor or the bachelorette, always gets really emotional about these breakups. And I'm like, but like, I don't, you like sat by this person for like 10 minutes one night. Like I'm always like, find that really interesting. Right. But, um, so she has to tell them, she has to break up with them and she goes and she tells them that she's in love with Dale. Um, what'd you all think about that moment? You know, what do you think, you know, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny saw Clary, clearly, clearly, he like he knew what was going on. He was like, "She's not interested in us. She's gonna run away with Dale." So while like Jason and Blake were like holding on to hope, Kenny was like there with some hard yeah. truths. And um, uh, you know, but does she was he right about the apology? Does does she owe them an apology?
2: So I have two statements on this, and I don't think either one answers your question. But first off, they have been together point one they have been together for like three hours or whatever. They are in total ghosting territory. Like I would like, they would be well within their rights. If this were real life, she would to just ghost them. Right. This would be like first or second date. It's not working out. You find someone you like better, which happens a lot. And then you just like, "Eh, don't text the person back. Right. Um, And I think that would probably be appropriate right now. Maybe insensitive, but, maybe appropriate on my end. Second, um oh shoot, I forgot my second. Oh, her apology is not an apology and this is a pet peeve of mine. When you say if I, yeah, sorry. This is this gets me worked up in life. I like it. If you say if I hurt you, then I apologize. That is like a like like I don't think I did, but I'll say this apology just for your sake. The way to apologize is to say, here's what I did. I understand it's wrong. And here's how I will improve it. Um, And so if you're looking for ways to apologize in your relationships to the three people listening to this, don't say if I hurt you and then try to explain why it wasn't wrong. That is not an apology.
0: Oh, Bill, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. (laughs) Oh, those are like, those are my, that's my pet peeve. Like, oh, I'm sorry for how you feel.
2: If you feel that way.
0: You know, and you're like, mm, That's- no, like that. You need quit turning this about me. You got to own your own stuff.
2: Well, and it's it's basically a way for you to say it's not my fault, but mm-hmm. in a like cloak does an apology.
0: W- what
1: what do you think, Sherde?
2: Yeah,
1: uh, I agree that she doesn't owe anyone anything, and for, especially because I thought this had been going on for like a month. It's been a week. And they, like, upended their lives. It seems like most of them are unemployed anyway. So, like, you got a free trip to Palm Springs. Chill out. Um, But then Kenny, he gives me the worst vibes. He seems like the scummiest scumbag to ever scum. And so I feel like he's done way worse to women. So I'm like, I don't care what happens to you, Kenny. You're bad.
2: I I am like a razor thin between thinking Kenny is kind of some type of like like Buddha that we all need to listen to, like cloaked as a sleazy boy band guy, and just thinking he 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 must be just a total tool bag. And I haven't decided where I've come down on him, but also what I, I appreciated is it? that he was just like I'm done with this, like you know, and but yeah, yeah. Well, I think he was right in noting like. I
1: don't think she's into this. Because, yes, absolutely. But also, what is a boy band manager in 2020? Does he just DM people on SoundCloud? Like, it's not a job. (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: What's more of a job? Boy band manager or former football player?
1: There are several former football players.
2: I just... So we'll we'll get to this part, but when they basically told them you can stay if you want, and they're like, Well, this is a big decision, and it's like, what do you you gotta get back to your former football career? Like, I'm sure the boy band that you manage, Kenny, will continue not to sell albums for three more weeks.
0: <laughs>
2: oh real people with real jobs, except for uh the anesthesiologist, I can't think of his name.
0: Oh, is it Jay? joe joe
2: i got my sheet i think so Uh,
0: it might
1: yes i think joe
2: yeah joe joe has a a real job the male grooming specialist has a real job like those balls ain't going to be waxed unless he's there (laughs) former (laughs) football player boy band manager several Uh, others okay i'm done healthcare salesman huh healthcare salesman healthcare salesman the coffee's the, the afternoon coffees hit me. I'm I'm raging.
1: Yeah, no, it's I hate Kenny, but he is right in assessing she was completely disinterested from Joe.
2: Yeah.
0: So this has us skipping a little bit over the over the proposal. So we can get back to that. But since we're talking about it, you know they they learn your journey's not over you know, they're, they're engaged, but your journey's not over. And they do have to make this decision about whether they'll stay or go. Um, so we've, we all have consensus that they don't have much to go back to, <laughs> but that's <laughs> that being said, um, do you think that they should all be staying? Um, who, is there anyone that you think should have left or, you know, it's, that this is going to become a big problem as it moves on with Tasia.
2: I think that they they The promo seemed to be like, and the guys might have problems. I just feel like once they see Tasha, it's going to be like all oh, the problems are gone. And I'm worried for Dale that he's like sitting somewhere and being like, what? I didn't realize it was her. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like what you see and, and, Danielle actually asked me this, um, is there research on like desired length between, um, relationships? So really it's up to, um, how long you've been with the person, um, but more what your emotional connection was with them, what your, um, personality is, um, things like that. So if you've been with someone for six years, your families are probably kind of intertwined a little bit. So you're breaking up with their family members too. Maybe, you know, them. maybe you like them, maybe you live in a community where you see them a lot. You're going to have to deal with that. These guys, like, I mean, they can say that they're really invested, but I have a feeling in two days they'll just totally forget about her and beyond Taisha. (laughs) Tisha. That's my thought on it.
1: Yeah, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Mike, who was just like, but what if I'm not, what if she's not hot? i was just like, go home, Mike. <laughs> like, oh, They're not going to just find some holy woman that was just hanging around. He yeah, said, what
2: if I'm not physically attracted to her? And oh,
1: my God. I'm like, yes, but do you think they would choose that person? like <laughs>
2: Has there ever been a not attractive bachelor or bachelorette? I think I might have asked that last week. Has there ever been one that you were just like, couldn't do it? I don't, I don't think so. There's been like varying levels, but there's never been one that I've just been like, wow, they're really scraping the bottle or bottom of the barrel or like really makes up for it with their humor or. (laughs) Oh my God. That's the one thing about this show that really nice hard to get
1: through a bunch of guys who think they're funny or supposed to be funny. That was a nightmare. Like their first introductions. Oh, oh.
0: are we going to get that again? Do you think?
2: I hope God, I hope, (laughs) I hope they break back out the suits of armor, the pregnant suit. Um, I think they're going to bring more guys back too.
0: I was wondering that too, or like the guys who got sent home, do they get another shot?
2: I wonder Um, if there's like new guys that they're bringing in like guys that didn't make the cut for this show. They were like, which is going to be a really fun dynamic because then you've got this like community that's been built. You've got outsiders coming in. It's like two teams. Danielle, do you have a metaphor?
0: (laughs) Well, okay. So a couple of weeks ago, Wait,
2: wait, is this extra credit?
0: This is extra credit. So yeah. <laughs> this might just be credit this week, not yeah. extra credit. We'll no, see. this is
2: going to be good. I've been waiting. No. For-
0: so a couple of weeks ago, as I had this on, Ryan was like, Danielle, I can't believe all the sports metaphors the guys are talking in. And I was like, what are you talking about? And of course, like we do know that we have a lot of sports metaphors for like you know, physical intimacy, you know, first base, second base, like, whatever. Um, so there are a lot of ways that we have that. And and sort of like, as you have alluded to this, Sade, like, there's like this gamification of The Bachelor, right? That there's, it is a competition. But at the same time, I think that there's a lot of ways that the show works to deny that. And so I was really kind of, I was really struck by this. Oh, I can't wait for um the new bachelor at because it will will have this like equal playing field. Yes. This idea yeah. that like people, you know, her researching Dale or potentially talking to him before the show began was like breaking the rules and it it's this really interesting so I just got to thinking and and I was hoping to have some time to do research and and I didn't quite get there, but I'll look it up for you all to sort of look at the way that we use sports metaphors to talk about relationships and like is that really a healthy metaphor? Right. You know, I'm thinking about the election right now and the idea of like thinking about it. Like elections aren't a basketball game. Right. Things don't flip. You're just counting votes (laughs) and at the end, there's a result. Yeah. So this idea that we use these metaphors, though, shapes the way that we think about it so that we do think about it as flipping back and forth or like same with with relationships and like this, like, yes, it's a show. But like, is it really a game? Like, are you really competing? Or, you know, I don't know. And and But I think that we have that sort of language to discuss relationships outside of The Bachelor, right? And like, what does it mean to sort of view relationships, you know, through sports metaphors? And so um, I don't have anything all that smart to say about it right now, but I can say that it's happening and I think that it matters and it shifts the way that we think about things. Yeah. And maybe I'll do some research. eighty, you know,
1: Um, well, I thought about the sports metaphor in relation to like how men talk to each other. That's something that's been fascinating to me recently where I'm like, I have no idea like what men think about themselves, what men think about love and how they communicate those things. And so it seems like those sports metaphors are an easy way to like reveal things without it being personal, without it being intimate especially, like, for, I think it's Jason C. and, um, Blake, who seemed to be, like, the most affected by, um, the proposal occurring. Blake really just needed a hug. He really needed just, like, a, like, a cry, and he could not do that, and so, like, they all got really unified in anger, but, like, clearly they just wanted to like be able to feel something and they could not do it in front of a bunch of other guys. And that was like a really sad thing to me.
0: I loved that, like shot, that really dramatic shot of like the three guys like walking together and it, you know, it, you know, towards the end, it was, it was very dramatic, but I think it did, you know, kind of what you're talking about, like, Oh, we're going to do this together. And, and then, you know, they're worried. Oh, Jason, we didn't know if you show up. I worry about Jason. Cause he like not only lost his girlfriend, but he lost his therapist. I
2: feel like, like she opened Pandora's box with Jason. Like she made him feel, and now he has no way to put the feelings back in the box. And he's just feeling things that he doesn't know how to deal with. Like, like I said, like last week, I feel like some of them had, if you're going through like the stages of death, some of them had reached acceptance Blake's probably at bargaining or denial. It's like, Jason is still at freaking anger. Like he's like, you can tell he wants to put his fist through the drywall. He wants to like.
0: Yeah, I worry about Jason. But, but Shrede, I think that I I love your point that. They might use sports as a way to create bonding and to connect when. They're trying to discuss more intimate things, so it allows them sort of to engage in intimacy without necessarily using the intimate language to get there. And I think that that's really perceptive. Um, so let's talk. I want to talk about the proposal. Were you moved?
2: No. No. no.
0: I cried. I <laughs> love it when people fall in love. Like I like am one of those people that like. I don't know that I'll cry at a funeral, but at a wedding, like I'm not like weepy person. I like, I was really happy for Claire.
2: <laughs> I I thought like the proposal was whatever their interaction after was awkward where they were like talking about the ring. And I mean, you could just tell that they're very new in their relationship and they are now very much intertwined with each other uh maybe that's why i sometimes get weird about like engagements because it's basically saying we are now going to get married and it puts something on a relationship that it's like you know you're you're together uh and so i feel like yeah people should think long and hard about engagements and know like like not think of them as like the next step but like as a precursor to being married because it puts a whole set of expectations in there and this isn't even including their family, right? So I don't know if you all experience this, but when I was like dating my wife, I had a lot of questions about when are you going to marry her? When are you going to get engaged? When are you going to propose? And it got to where it was just like, like when I did it, I was like, oh, the questions will stop. No, the questions were, when's the wedding? When are you going to have kids? Yeah. Are you going to put both your names on the mortgage? she's going to take your last name like it just it never stops and it just becomes increasing like commitment from people on the outside.
1: Uh that was a, a thing that was very weird to me when uh like after the proposal and she's like I like the sound of Claire Moss. I'm like you're just going to give up your name?
2: Like mm-hmm. yep, you've
1: had this for 39 years and it's like this tie the tie to your family that you're so close with that you're like whatever, Crawley, who, like Claire Moss. That was, that was shocking to me.
2: Can I tell a story? Uh, One of the most proud things I've had happen to me in the last few months. So my wife and I don't have the same last name um, because she's published a ton. Look her up, Dr. Eshbaugh. And um, she, uh, so I teach a professional practice class. And one of the things I talk about is when you interact with a potential job, you should make sure you call somebody by the name they want to be called. So she is not Mrs. Henniger, my last name. She's not Mrs. Eshbaugh. She's Dr. Eshbaugh. She should make sure you you um, do that. So one of our former students got married, sent them a present, went there. And when they sent the card back, they wrote it to Elaine Eshbaugh and Bill Henniger. Um, and so they remembered. And it's like, it restored my faith in my students that they actually listened to one thing that I said.
0: So my, uh, in-laws, the, so it'd be my husband's grandpa. He, um, has been passed for several years now. Um, but he would refuse to write checks to his daughter. Like he would write all the checks. So it'd be like a birthday gift to Coral, but it'd be written to Danny McHugh, um, so, ah, uh, sexism. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, I you know, it's interesting because I kind of did feel like it was a little bit awkward afterwards, too. You're sort of like, oh, we just did this really big thing. And then it's like, so I guess we're going to keep hanging out at this hotel.
2: <laughs> nothing about you except that both our parents hitchhiked.
0: So... How excited are you all for Tasia?
1: Um, I think it's going to introduce a lot of like, I I hope the transition period isn't that difficult, but yeah, it seems like you have two sets of people who are like, she's like, oh wait, I'm the second choice. And they're like, oh, we're the runner-ups. So that seems either like they can get through it together or it's going to cast like a call over the rest of the season.
0: I'm excited. I really, really like Tasia. So, um, I liked her on, was she on Colton's season? Do you, rem- do you remember? Yeah. So I liked her on Colton's season and then I like loved her on bachelor in paradise.
2: Like I said, she's one of the few people to come out of bachelor in paradise where you were like, she's a normal person. And like, I could get a lot, normally they come out of bachelor in paradise and you're like, wow, they are not as well liked, like they're not the person I thought they were.
0: You know, she is a very normal person and she did come out of that. But like, you know, she also spent a lot of time with JPJ and he is a character. And I think that like on one hand, I loved that she was like making out with him because he's a goofball. I mean, he had some bad moments on that on that show, but they seem so, so different um so i think there's something curious about her the the fact that you know because i was like was she just trying to stay on the show but like i think that like she's maybe attracted to people that you wouldn't expect and so i think that we're gonna see her connecting with someone that will be like really
2: <laughs> i like a good train wreck it's my like i i like conflict and relationships as long as it's not mine I mean, obviously what I do research on and it's what fascinates me. So I'm excited just because like there's dynamics that have never been there. There might be a second group an out group and an in group. There's probably going to, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. I am pumped.
0: So if you have your takeaway, what's your takeaway for this week?
2: One sentence takeaway. Yeah. Uh, The queen is gone. Long live the queen, which is what they used to say about like, Kings and queens in England when they would die. Like The king is dead. Long live the king. Claire's gone. We got a new one. <laughs>
1: uh, don't hesitate on what you want. Like, don't waste time. Uh, it would have been so easy for her to, like, weirdly go through the motions for like, a, for, like, months. But it would be really dumb. Everyone would be miserable. So, yeah, go for what
0: you want. I like that. I like that. I would, um, my takeaway is make sure you apologize correctly.
2: There you go. I like it.
0: It's been a long
2: week. It has been a long week and I don't even have to say, uh, tell people to vote. You're not going to hear that. I'm not going to tell you guys to vote. What's the last word? I'm just going to stop here. Who wants to end this?
0: Dun, dun, dun.
2: <laughs> I feel like our guest should end it. What do you, do you have something to plug? Do you have something, words of wisdom? Uh, you enemy you want to like take down right before we leave? Huh. At least 10 people will hear this. So.
1: Oh, 10 people.
2: Our last uh, one, we got 60 some listens on Apple or on the podcast. And then we had 120 views on YouTube. So did you hear that Walgreens? We're waiting for the sponsorship. (laughs) Uh, I guess
1: uh, I don't have anything to plug, believe it or not. This is my first, my only podcast. Um, Your first podcast. Yes, this is my first. Yep. Is Um, there a
0: name for someone that's like a new podcaster? Like, um, we should come up with a word. <laughs> like, you know, a baby pod. <laughs> you know,
2: I don't know. pod virgin, but yeah. I'm
1: fine with being the pod baby. Um, but yeah, I guess everybody wash your hands. Be patient.
2: Mask up.
0: That's good. Wash your hands. Be patient. Mask up. We'll see you next week, y'all.
2: Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you. You've been listening to Bachidamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGee and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at Batchadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at Batchadamia. Thanks for listening.